The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my very good friend and uh, much-esteemed producer, Darren Ball, who puts this show together for us and receives your very important comments, and we've had some beautiful ones, I must say, and they are appreciated by our listeners, so please keep those coming in. And today, though, we're going higher, we're going uh, very, very high indeed. Uh, we're talking about revelations never made to our world before, um, certainly to the humanity at large. Uh, and we're talking about the gods of the gods, the holy masters from Saturn. They're brilliantly described in the eighth freedom. And of course, all the freedoms are delivered by Mars Sector 6 through Dr. George King over 60 years ago. Mars Sector 6 himself being a lord of karma and therefore in a position to know and describe even lords of Saturn and even solar lords. So we've never had a description of them before in this detail or in this depth in any teaching given to humanity. So this is groundbreaking radio here on the Spiritual Freedom Show. But explain it a bit further. We're told in the seventh freedom, that's interplanetary existence, and do please uh, go to the wonderful lectures delivered on these by Dr. George King. Uh, he goes into those. He doesn't have the opportunity, as we do on this show, to take a short extract and go in real depth into it. Something he wanted done, by the way, but in his busy, busy mission, uh, he couldn't do everything. It's something we're doing now. But his lectures are outstanding, and I do recommend them to you. And in this seventh freedom... We're told about masters on other planets, including Mars, Neptune, Jupiter, Pluto, Venus, and Uranus. And we're told that they completely defer to their masters, who are the lords of Saturn. They would rather, we're told, give up their freedom and be cast into the lowest astral realm on this Earth than disobey their masters on Saturn by even a glance. Now, you know, if we thought we understood back to yoga on this earth, we didn't until now, because that's a sacrifice that no one on earth could make because they haven't got that kind of freedom to give up or anything near it. We can't really know what that means. Uh, so all the devotion to genuine gurus and especially to the avatars who visited us from other worlds is a wonderful, wonderful thing and a wise thing, by the way. It's a wise person who uh, recognizes those of greater wisdom than themselves and uh, defers, if necessary, to them. Uh, but it doesn't compare to the type of devotion these interplanetary masters have to the lords of Saturn, whom they revere because of, and this is the reason for it, because of their nearness to divinity. 
they see that these lords are nearer to their divine selves than they are. And that's what they are devoted to, the reflection of that divinity through themselves. And they know, these martyrs who revere them, they know this. And we're talking here, by the way, about martyrs like Jesus, the Lord Buddha, Ramakrishna, they came from Venus, St. Peter, who came from Mars, and several other avatars. We don't know which planets uh, the other avatars, such as, for example, Moses, uh, such as, for example, Samson and others, Laotse. We don't know what planets they came from. If they came from a planet uh, lower than Saturn, they too would have this reverence for the lords of Saturn. The only intelligences we know of who came from Saturn, or let's say were part of an intelligence on Saturn, because they wouldn't be the whole of it by any means, they'd be a small part of it. The only ones we know of are Sri Krishna and the Lord Babaji himself. So as far as we're concerned, we're hearing about beings uh, who are as close to perfection as we can conceive. And I'm going to ask Darren now to play an extract from the Eighth Freedom, describing some of the attributes of these gods of the gods. As such a one is not limited because of limitation. As such a one has great freedom because it has rejected all freedom. As such a one has access to all mind because it has a consciously and super consciously on the intuitive levels rejected all mind. We have here a manifestation of a great law which we were informed about actually before this transmission in 1960 by the Master Etherius in his transmission from free will to freedom. And it's what he called the law of the universe, the law of nature. And I quote, whatsoever you reject is laid at you, your feet. He said that if in what he called, and I quote again, great subtlety of realization, end quotes, you rejected the inner powers and spent all your energy instead in selfless service, note all your energy, you would develop great powers within yourself. There's a lot more in that than meets the eye, but one thing we can be sure is this. If that law of the universe applies to us on Earth, and that's one of the real things we're trying to do, it be like a USP of this show, to apply even these lessons from the great ones to our lives here, how much more must it apply to the lords of Saturn, whose realization makes even the most advanced and subtle of us blundering idiots by comparison? We can't even speculate on how much greater are the powers they would reject compared to us. Why, even the most advanced cities, as they were called in Sanskrit, in the highest ashrams, that's powers, wouldn't come close to pre-kindergarten infant school if there was such a thing on Saturn. Of course, there isn't. This law of the universe, I believe, is the key to the extract we've heard. Such a one is not limited because of limitation, because they're in a still body rejecting all movement. They have complete freedom of movement. They have great freedom because they've rejected all freedom. They've given everything up for service, including their own freedoms, and therefore 
by this law of the universe, they have great freedom. This is a clincher. It's consciously and super consciously on the intuitive levels rejected all mind. What happens? It has access to all mind by the self-same law. That's going, by the way, much further than the greatest yogis on earth have ever gone, to reject mind even on the superconscious level, the deepest intuitive level. This is our link to the divine spark. What happens? It must contact that divine spark, which is spirit itself. And then, as Dr. King explains, it has access to all mind, which is like some kind of electromagnetic energy outside of ourselves. Perhaps you could call it universal mind. So one of the things we really want to do is see how we can apply that. And these intelligences, as far as we're concerned, are, you might say, the gold standard, or if we remove one letter from that, the God standard, uh, which we can aspire to when we apply that self-same law of the universe, even here on Earth. This is the great promise that you can practice service. You don't have to do advanced development exercises, but by, say, cooperating with satellite number three you're drawing energies through yourself in service to send out healing and prayer to others but that will alter the flow of prana through your nadis your psychic nervous system and that will start to activate the kundalini so the very advancement you have rejected in order to pray for others still comes to you not just as a karmic piece of philosophy as you sow so shall you reap but as a psycho spiritual technical mechanical process and this has got to bring higher consciousness if we allow it to do so and we're then manifesting the very same principle we see here manifested by the gods of the gods your thoughts darren yeah i love the parallel that you've um, that you've helped us to find here about how we can apply the same principle in our own lives and, um, you know, especially this last part that you've just talked about, you know, is absolutely the key to our evolution. I mean, anybody listening, listen to that part again, because that's what it's, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's, and I find it myself particularly inspiring, kind of how mechanical it is, because yeah. it just makes it more and more tangible to us. You know, it's not just a philosophy, it's, it's like a workable principle that you can apply in your life. And these things, this is how it works. This and I have to say, possible. we're really helped on that by Dr. King, who was extremely mm. technical. And he said, you know, you, he told Alan Mosley, uh, the late Alan Mosley, that, you know, yes, you could gain samadhi without knowing all the ramifications of kundalini and, uh, and uh, the chakras and the nadis. But if you do know, it's a much greater experience. And, and so we're mm. given that information and uh, it, it applies and you can see how it even applies and definitely applies to service, which is a wonderful thing. Priceless. Thank you. So everybody, if you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the nine freedoms about Mars Sector 6 and Dr. George King by visiting our website. That's ethereus.org, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. Um, I share a moment of truth, a question, an experience of yours every week on the show. So do get in touch with us, spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Got a couple questions here today, Richard, which I think um, kind of in line with the Bhakti example that you gave early in the show in the way right. that you know, these interplanetary masters revere the masters on Saturn. Mm -hmm. So it goes as follows. Um, Presuming I cultivate knowledge, practice, and service on the path of King Yoga, then what is stopping Dr. George King from making himself known to me? And then also, is there a practice whereby the aspirant is able to receive 
um, what he calls Shaktipa, you know, the scent of power yeah. or, or grace from the master, Dr. George King. Wonderful. I love those questions. And um, I think this is one of the great things, to be honest, about our, our naming it King Yoga, because it puts him where he belongs, right in the center of this path, uh, which either came from him or through him to us. And you don't need to do, to answer the second question first, a particular practice because you will make that connection with Dr. King. And to answer the first question, one way or another, he will make his presence known to you. doesn't have to be in a vision, although that happens. You know, I've given lectures and I've had people in the audience tell me they saw somebody there uh, behind me or by my side. And only these were completely new uh, to us. And afterwards, mm. they saw a photograph of him for the first time, and they say that was the person I saw. Wow! And he wasn't there just; wow. he wasn't even there probably mainly for me. He was there because his teachings were being delivered, and where his teachings are delivered, your key isn't a particular practice. It's following the path and knowing the source of that path, acknowledging that, and yes, you will create a link with him. And his presence will be felt in your life. And the more you do it and the more uh, devotion and the more you acknowledge uh, him as the source of it, not that he ever pushed that much himself, but the more you do it, the closer a link you'll forge with your master. And if you start to regard him, if you make that decision, and it's your decision, it's not forced on anyone and never should be. But if you make that decision, Dr. George King is now my master. You don't have to physically meet him. I was lucky to do that. But even in his lifetime, he had many followers who hardly ever met him. Uh, you don't need that. You need to live his teachings and practice his practices that he brought to us. That's the link you need. Yeah, I think uh, we can both attest with absolute certainty. And, and I can certainly attest that second point you made about not physically meeting him, that you know, the more that you do practice this path, the more you can experience this awesome magic and this true, true, true love in your life, um, yeah, and which will what help you to blossom on the spiritual path. It's true, and you can attest better than I can, because I, I was lucky to be very close, uh, and, and a close friend of his too, which was a wonderful thing. But you'll find that the, his energy won't even be a particular practice. His energy will start to imbue you and you will be mm. empowered by it and you will regard the obstacles along the way in a different manner because he overcame all obstacles. Nothing was going to stop him. And he lived. Really, the motto of our show, as you well know, Darren, which is that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. Thank you.